Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by my bookie. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt Lamarca. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. Matt, how's it going? Uh, yeah, going pretty good. Just got hit with the first big late scratch of the season in NBA. Tyus Jones ruled out after lineup lock. So uh, unfortunately, I will not be uh, having a good NBA night this evening, but... <laughs> Other than that, I can't complain. Uh, my NBA props picks are killing it. So I recommend checking those out over at Action Network. And uh... Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Uh, yeah, just, just enjoying basketball being back in my life. It's a good time of year. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I guess that's a benefit if you're a FanDuel player, right? Like you get scratched and you just drop yeah, the but score, e- but even it still on, puts oh, you behind, right? right? Drop, yeah. Yeah. The drop would have <clears> been nice. Um, but yeah, like even on DK, like they ruled it out after the game was supposed to even be locked. Like, oh, that sucks. They were yeah. an eight o'clock game and he didn't get ruled out until after eight. So, like, it's just, yeah, it's just brutal sometimes. But, you know, that's that's part of the NBA grind. You just got to take those L's when they come up and move on. Yeah, definitely a good mentality. Um, and a quick reminder, you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By subscribing, you get access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning show, answering all your fantasy questions. So become a patron today. Join the exclusive community of listeners and uh, get access to Rotoviz Live, as well as our other 40 podcasts, including this one, that we produce every month. So five dollars a month on Patreon, get rid of his live, support the pod, support the program. As always, you can also get your thirty percent off discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Midseason, you guys know the deal by now. If you want all the best in season NFL fantasy content, whether it's season long, whether it's DFS, uh, get it at Rotoviz. Subscription is cheap. It's even cheaper with a thirty percent off discount. Check it out, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Week 9 NFL lines, that's why we're here. All lines are courtesy of my bookie. We have six teams on by, so a pretty small slate of games overall. We're going to start with the Thursday night special. Um, Raiders at Niners. Niners uh, favored at home slightly by 2.5. point total. Uh, right now, the only, well, I'd say the biggest piece of injury news is C.J. Beth- Beathard. Uh, it is possible he does not play in this game due to uh, an injury. And if that were the case, we'd probably see, uh, it sounds like Nick Mullins uh, as the starter. He of the many, many turnovers in preseason. So it could be interesting, Matt. What do you think? Yeah, I can honestly say I've never even heard of Nick Mullins. So, um, you know, that's that's where the Niners are at at this point. (laughs) Uh, They do have Tom Savage as well. But yeah, like you said, the reports are that Mullins would start. That said, it sounds like Beathard is going to be able to play. Um, 
I'm just going to, you know, go with my standard Thursday night line of thinking here. Favorites, 6-1 and one against the spread on the season. Uh, I also love that the public apparently hasn't caught, caught on to this trend. Uh, the Raiders are currently getting 66% of the bets. That's probably due to the injury to C.J. Beathard. But realistically, like, how much of a downgrade can we have at quarterback here? Like, Beathard is not a world beater to begin with. So I know you said Mullen struggled during the preseason. I don't care. Like, Beathard has struggled during the regular season. So uh, I really think that the quarterback position is basically irrelevant here. Uh, and I'm just going to keep siding with Thursday night home uh, home favorites until I have a reason not to. And given that the public is, is on the other side, that, that makes me just even more uh, confident in doing so. Yeah, I mean, like, we typically say that Beathard, like, isn't, hashtag isn't bad. Yeah, uh, but for, it's usually in a fantasy, fantasy context. Purposes. Right. In fantasy, he's fine, but he's still not, like, a... He's not still not moving the football down the field, and I mean, good grief, Matt! Like, how many weeks in a row are we gonna text each other on Friday and, and just say we should have bet the Thursday night favorite? You know, like I'm just I'm done making the mistake. The mistake ends now, uh, so I'll take Niners minus two and a half. Bears minus nine and a half at Bills. Uh, another barn burner here, thirty-seven and a half point total. Um, we saw some fun stuff from the Bills. I thought on Monday night they were able to keep it pretty close. Uh, will they be able to do that again at home? Yeah, I'm honestly uh, expecting a lot of Terrell Pryor in this game. They just picked him up. Like you said, they were breaking out the Wildcat. They were doing, you know, double reverse passes. And if you're going to do that kind of stuff, who better to have than Terrell Pryor? Like, I would feel much more confident backing the Bills if they came out and said that Terrell Pryor was going to start at quarterback, literally coming off the street and not having played quarterback in over two years then I would feel backing Nathan Peterman. Um, so yeah, I mean, this question really just becomes like, at what point does this line become a value for the Bills? Because the public is obviously going to be on the Bears, and it's really hard for me to consider backing the Bills, even getting nine and a half. Like, I think I would have to get over 10 for sure before I really started considering the Bills. Um, the the Bears defense top in the league in terms of DVOA, and if Peterman is going to see time at quarterback, like we've pretty much been given a a sample size that says he's going to throw at least one pick six and probably <laughs> commit multiple turnovers. So like I just can't get behind the Bills as much as I would love to take them in a contrarian spot. Like it's just not enough points for me to really consider doing that yet. Yeah, Peterman's pretty terrible, right? I mean, I think that the uh, I think the sharp move is definitely to wait to see if it gets to ten. Because that's a key number. Uh, even at nine and a half, I mean, it does feel like the Bills are the correct side. Like yeah. I, we said this a couple weeks ago, when the Bears were a big favorite on the road, like they just don't deserve to be favored that large over anyone. I still have very serious questions about how good they are. So uh, I'm going to take the Bills here. Uh, I'm not positive they're going to end up in my five, but I feel like the Bills, at the very least, right now, are playing a brand of football that makes it difficult for teams to pull away because their defense isn't terrible. And if they're able to possess the ball on offense, like you just, again, like these low total games, it's really hard for teams to cover big spreads. Yep, they should have covered last week, but uh, you know that that late pick six was kind of a backbreaker there. So yep. you know if 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 the offense doesn't directly give the Bears points, I feel pretty good that they can cover this number. I just don't know how confident I feel that they won't do that. You know what I'm saying? For sure, and like at the back door. I feel like you get backdoored. I have no doubt to support this, but I feel like you get backdoored more often when you're betting bad teams, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
Chiefs minus eight and a half at Cleveland, fifty-one and a half point total. This game should be uh, at least interesting. I don't know how good, how competitive it'll be, but uh, what do you think, Matt? I think it's going to be good. I, I like the Browns here a decent bit. Um, if you look at home underdogs getting at least seven and a half points. They are 97, 77, and 1 against the spread. That's good for a 6.6% return on investment. And if you factor in, uh, you know, non-public home dogs, meaning they're getting less than 30% of the bets, and right now the Browns are one of the most unpublic teams you can get. They're only getting 11% of the tickets at the time of recording. Uh, that increases the ROI to 11.8%. So I like the Browns here. Uh, I know that they have been you know, less than good <laughs> at times this year. But I also love that they got rid of Hugh Jackson. Teams that fired their coach midseason have gone 12 and 10 against the spread the following week. So that could definitely be an addition by subtraction spot. You know, one former one player compared him to Michael Scott of the office. So uh, it wouldn't shock me at all to see the Browns best effort this week. It's super scary to fade the Chiefs. They can put up points in the blink of an eye. But I do think that the Browns are more talented than this spread is giving them credit for. So I will take the Browns getting eight and a half at home. I'm so happy that everything we thought about Hugh Jackson was like corroborated. Like I'm so happy that he got fired and no one was like, damn, they did my boy like that. Like they were just like, <laughs> no, this guy sucks. Like he's a clown. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think that like we could we could hit a point where like the Browns at least for the first couple weeks here, our values because we're accustomed to them, you know, losing games and playing poorly under head coach Hugh Jackson, and now he's gone. So if they're going to play better, maybe they approach more of like the team we thought they were going to be in the preseason, you know, and people were betting the over on them. So right. uh, I think that makes them a sharp bet here, plus eight and a half. I mean, I certainly, I certainly don't think that the Browns will win the game. Maybe they will, but uh, again, eight and a half is just such a large number at home. Uh, you can score on the Chiefs. We've seen that. And I'm sure Baker is still itching to prove himself uh, against, you know, a fellow Big 12 guy. So uh, should be a fun game. <clears throat> Jets at Dolphins. Uh, the Fish are favored by three at home against your fighting Jets, Matt. You've been very aggressively pushing the Jets on this show. Uh, will that continue here? Not necessarily. I feel like I've been on them certain weeks, off them certain weeks. Like, I didn't like them last week against the Bears. I knew that that was just a bad spot for them. But that said, I do like them against the Dolphins this week. Uh, the Dolphins are just a team where you kind of want to target the underdog. Uh, if you look at underdogs against the Dolphins since 03, they are plus 22.9% return on investment, 57-34-2 against the spread. Um, Brock Osweiler has already been named the starter for this game, which makes me a little bit more confident in backing the Jets. Like, I feel like this is kind of similar to the Jameis... Uh, Fitzpatrick thing like we know that Brock Osweiler is not good right like the results are baked into everything we know about him the fact that he was competent for two or three weeks does not change what I think about Brock Osweiler and he's 10 17 and 1 against the spread as a starter including 1 and 2 against the spread this season so I like the Jets I mean the Jets aren't a particularly good team but we know that they are frisky their defense can uh, force turnovers and and get stops when needed. And Sam Darnold has shown an ability to move the ball 
at times. He's struggled against the elite defenses in the league like the Bears, but I don't think that the Dolphins really fit into that description. So I think the Jets should be able to do enough on offense that their defense can ultimately win this game for them. Yeah, I mean, and, and you mentioned this in your notes. You didn't say it, but like the one Brock Osweiler dub is, you know, when he basically caught the Bears by surprise because they didn't expect him to start all week. Like that's that's peak bad quarterback. Like Brock Osweiler stinks. The Jets, like you said, have been frisky. They've been getting a little healthier on defense, which is nice. Yeah, that's a that's big. They need their secondary guys. Yeah, very big plus for them. And like Miami just plays at this like terribly, horribly slow pace. And I think at their core, they're still a very bad football team. So uh, I'm with you here on the Jets. I think that like this week so far, it's like, you know, bad, uh, bad, bad teams at home with big spreads. Then we have like road dogs that we like. It's like it's all over the place. So I'm hoping that we start getting to some better games here uh, from a betting perspective. And we need this one, Amico, if we're if we're gonna win our Dolphins under six and a half wins bet. Oh yeah, we need them all. <laughs> this is a, we need them all. This is a necessary game. Oh, unbelievable! Hey, hey, listen. At least we have the Raiders locked up. Oh, that's great! I can't wait to cash that ticket in like week eleven. <laughs> Lions at Vikings. The Vikes minus four and a half. A little smaller than I would have expected, actually. Same. Uh, I, th- I think highly of the Vikings still. Forty nine point total. Uh, what do you make of this contest? Yeah, I'm definitely surprised that it's this low, especially, you know, given what happened with the Lions last week. They got blasted by the Seahawks, who I guess are definitely better than people expected. But, you know, having the Seahawks come into your building and do what they did to the Lions is pretty embarrassing, in my opinion. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit torn here. I think that the Lions, it's definitely a spot where they should try their hardest to bounce back. But Stafford has historically not been good as a solid underdog. If you look at him as an underdog of at least four points, he's 11-17-1 against the spread. Like, Stafford's MO is he kind of beats up on the teams that he's supposed to and loses to the teams that he's supposed to. That's kind of his, his uh, you know, MO at this point. So I will side with the Vikings here. I do agree with you that they are the better team. Um you know, they lost against the Saints at home, but the Saints are undoubtedly one of the best teams in the league at this point. So it's hard to really hold that result against them. Uh, I think that, you know, they're going to need to start winning games if they are going to make it back to the playoffs. And this would be a good place to start. Yeah, 100%. And like, it's weird because I, I think I saw that this line opened at minus five and a half. Yes. Uh, so like the fact that it's coming down to me is strange like i would imagine that the vikings are probably the preferred side here so this is like a classic like very fishy line that i'm going to just take the bait for because i just i just think minnesota's a lot better like i think on offense especially they have a ton of really good weapons i don't think very much of the lions um i mean i think patricia's been a little bit of a better coach than we expected but they just traded golden tate their their offense is going to be a little bit worse for sure uh, even if theo riddick comes back and plays this week uh, I'm just not really seeing it. I'm not really seeing where the Lions compete here. Uh, and they've had some injuries up front on their defense as well. So if that continues, you know, Ziggy Ansah and those guys, you know, I think that that's a, a huge problem. So uh, I like Minnesota. I'm going to I'm gonna take the bait here. Yeah, I think just to speak really quickly about the line movement stuff, I think this is classic, like, sharp setting up a better number because this line actually got down to 3.5 at certain places earlier this week before they bought back in on Minnesota. 
So I think this was a classic move where they, they put in some Detroit money, got the line where they liked it from Minnesota, and then hammered it. And if you look, they've got 69% of the bets right now, but 75% of the money. So the sharp movement is definitely starting to work back in the other direction, in my opinion. There we go. The, you know, pretends to fake. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> it's a classic sharp move, the old rope-a-dope. Yee. Uh, Falcons at Redskins. Skins have been very, very good this year. Very feisty. Uh, minus one and a half at home for them. 46 and a half point total. Uh, and what do you make of this matchup? Redskins, for me, honestly, are like maybe the favorites of the NFC East. I think they're very good. This is my favorite spot of the week. Uh, I don't get the line at all. The Redskins are the better team here. Like, there's no doubting it at this point. The Falcons' offense or defense is just LOL bad. They're 31st in DVOA. Only the Bucks are worse. And this line is saying that they're better than the Redskins on a neutral field. I don't feel that that's true. Uh, we have the Redskins rated slightly higher in the Action Network power rankings. So I love the Redskins. I mean, the the fact that the public is on the Falcons makes this even better for me. They've gotten 60% of the tickets so far. So they're still buying, you know, the big time offense for the Falcons. But what they apparently have failed to realize is that the Falcons defense gives back every single point that they score, plus a few additional. <laughs> yep. uh, Matt Ryan, also not great on the road, 2-8 and eight against the spread on the road since the beginning of last season. So I love the Redskins here. This is one of my favorite picks of the week. I like it. I like the confidence. Um, and I think everything you said is true. I mean, if you look at just the matchups, like <clears throat> the uh, you know, Redskins are match up very, very favorably, especially on the ground. Like I, I think the running backs where Washington actually present a pretty unique challenge here. I mean, Chris Thompson uh, is resuming uh, limited practice. I think that that definitely makes it likely that he will play. Um, we have Adrian Peterson coming off of a, you know, turn back the clock game against, of course, my Giants. He's had a turn back the clock season, man. Yeah, he's been good. It's honestly, I wrote him off as dead. So shout out to AP, man. Like that guy's one of the goats at the running back position. No doubt about it. I love it. And that's where the Falcons have gotten killed all year. I mean, not having, you know, Deion Jones in the middle has really killed them. And Washington is just, I think, going to be able to do whatever they want on offense, like you said. So, uh, again, you look at the matchups from like a DVOA standpoint, plus 17 home rush uh, DVOA versus the Falcons rush defense DVOA. So love that spot. Love the Redskins, like you said. I think the score remains low. I think the total is very, very reasonable, 46.5. So uh, I like these small home favorites. I like the minus 1.5. Redskins have been a good bet a couple of times this season on that. I'm going to continue to do it. Yep, and again, like I feel like I've said this a lot this season, but shout out to Alex Smith, man. Like That guy yep. doesn't get nearly as much love as he deserves because he doesn't put up the gaudy statistics, but that guy's a winning football player. Like It's just that simple. Guy wins games. Got to like guys that win games, right? Love winners. I want people that want to win. Uh, <laughs> Bucks at Panthers. Minus six and a half for Cam and Carolina. 54 and a half point total. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick back at quarterback. What does that mean for this game, Matt? Yeah, uh, it, it's hard not to argue that he's an upgrade over Jameis at this point, right? Like, I, I, Initially, I was saying that they needed to go back to Jameis. But Jameis is just, he's just bad. Like, can we can we put this argument to bed at this point? Like, is Jameis just a bad quarterback? Uh, he is not a long-term starter for a team that wants to win games. 
Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. Like, just way too loose with the football. Uh, and not like Fitz, Fitzpatrick is great in that department, but he's done a much better job than Jameis has this season outside of, you know, like getting shellacked by the Bears. So uh, I think that the Fitzpatrick thing has to be considered an upgrade. And I just like targeting underdogs in the NFC South. If you look yes. since the start of 2014, underdogs are 78, 52, and 2 in that division. That's a 16.6% ROI. And like the logic makes sense to me. Like all of these teams are are pretty good. I mean, the Bucks are a clear notch below the Panthers and, and the Saints, but that's reflected in the spread, you know? So uh, I, I love siding with the uh, the underdogs in this division. Carolina has pulled some wins out, but I still don't think they're great. They're only 20th in terms of pass defense DVOA. We know that the Bucks have one of the best collections in the league in terms of their pass catchers. So I think that Fitzpatrick should be able to move the ball on them. You know the Panthers are going to score points, but I think the Bucks can do enough on offense to keep this game close. All right, I'm, I'm finally going the other way here, man. I, I think I'm going to take Carolina. I just think that Tampa is toast. Okay. Like I think I think they're just checked out. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the multiple quarterback switches to me is just like never a good thing for a football team mentally. See, I you think got... – I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, no, it's okay. I just think that the majority of the skill players and, and even the guys on the defense, like they have to be happy that this switch is being made, right? I mean, maybe that's the thing is like, there's always like anytime these things happen, I think that the public is very good at, at identifying like what the correct option is. Like, I think a lot of people are saying like people in media, like on Twitter and stuff are like, Oh, perfect. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is good. But like, there's dudes in that locker room that, that like Jameis, like there's, there's inevitably going to be guys that, that like Jameis, you know, and it ends up like dividing your team a little bit. It's like the old, like if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks thing. Yeah. 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 Fair. Um, so like, that's kind of my concern. And like, I just, Tampa is just freaking dog shit. Like they, they're so <laughs> bad. Uh, like they are, if not the worst defense, one of the worst defenses in all of football. Uh, this is like an ideal matchup for cam because you can beat Tampa all over the field. Uh, and obviously cam can also run against them. I, like, I just don't see any way that they stop them. I know that, uh, Carolina is like a lower pace team. Uh, so this does feel like a high total in terms of their pace, but I just don't think that they need to touch the ball that often to score a lot of points. And Carolina's defense has been decent this year. Like, like they have not been a pushover. I think they've been better than they were last season. Um, so like for me, I just don't, I just don't really like, I don't like Tampa enough. Like I just think that they're terrible. I think that they're done. I think they're cashed. Um, and they're a little dinged up, you know, Mike Evans is a little banged up. So, uh, I, I just like Carolina here. I think that this is like the exception that proves the rule kind of a spot for me. Okay. Uh, so I will take Panthers. Yeah, it's this is definitely an interesting spot because the one thing I will say is that the coaching staff and the GM in particular are the opposite of cashed out. Like they know that they need to put some wins together if they have any hope of saving their jobs. That's why they didn't trade Deshaun Jackson. And while that's Ooh. ultimately bad for the franchise in the long term, I do think it means that they are are going to continue to look at games competitively. And, you know, again, like you said, there's no way to know. But I personally think that the locker room is going to be happy with the switch back to Fitzpatrick. So we'll see how that plays out. I could definitely be wrong. Maybe the Bucks are ready to mail it in. Uh, but I think that 
it's just a it's a good enough spot that I'm willing to give them a shot this week. Sure. The the offensive numbers, by the way, are definitely better with, with Fitzpatrick. So right. like statistically, that is that is supported. Um, Steelers at Ravens, Baltimore three point home favorite. This was uh this was a really tough game for the Steelers the last time these teams met. Fitzrivers at home, they got blown out. Uh, so Ravens just favored by three at home now, 47.5 point total, Matt. What do you got? Yeah, these games are interesting. Every time the Steelers and Ravens meet, I'm, I think it's pretty much just the home team is favored by three. Like, I feel like every game between these two teams for the last decade has been home team by three. Uh, so interestingly enough, I looked at the underdogs in games between the Ravens and Steelers, and the underdog is 18, 10, and three against the spread since 03. So that includes the Ravens winning as underdogs earlier this season. Um, with that in mind, I'm going to take the Steelers and the points. I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched. Uh, I honestly think you could maybe even make an argument that the Steelers are better on a neutral field. So I, I will take the points. I don't feel confident about it. I think this is a game where we just sit back and enjoy it as fans because I don't see a ton of betting value either way. Yeah, I think it's a tough game to pick. Uh, all these like AFC North showdowns, I think, are are just coin flips. You know, like they can go either way. That's why the line's always close. But yep. um, I actually, I think that if I'm picking a side here, this is just classic amigo bet. I'm taking the over uh, forty-seven <laughs> and a half. Feel a little low. Yeah, I mean, both of these offenses can score. I mean, I, we know that Baltimore's defense is exceptional, probably the best defense in the league, if not the second best defense in the league. Uh, but both of these teams play at a really high pace. Uh, Baltimore is second in overall pace uh, in terms of, uh, sorry, in uh, neutral pace this year, according to Football Outsiders. Pittsburgh 15th. So uh, Baltimore's been playing really fast, and they've been throwing the ball a lot. Yep. And it's a plus, a really big plus advantage for them uh, throwing the ball. So, like, I think that Baltimore can score on Pittsburgh, especially in a home environment. And I think that, like, the Steelers are the kind of team where, like, backs against the wall, they will score also, even against a really good defense. So I think 47.5 is just ultimately too light for this game. I know that division games, we typically like unders, but I think that's why we're getting the, sp- the total a little lower than we should. Uh, and I think these offenses are going to respond and, and go over here. So I'm going to go over. All right, we know that watching football is fun, but it's even more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Guys, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing numbers on the roulette rule, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you can turn $100 into $600. There's so much to bet on. College basketball is tipping off with Kentucky Duke, Michigan State, Kansas. The Cowboys and Eagles play. It could be an NFL playoff elimination game. After the buy. And we also have college football, NBA, and NHL. So my bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with this year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. My bookie has been in the business for years. They have great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. Sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. And be sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention and DM. I can definitely attest to that. Yep. Not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season alone. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted as well. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet sports this year. Log on to my bookie right now and use promo code ROTOVIZ 
to get a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code ROTOVIZ. At the only place where you play, you win, and you get paid, it's mybookie.ag. Yeah, and if all that sports action isn't enough for you, they've even got some uh, some lines on the upcoming political elections. Oh, yeah. Gotta love the political bets. <laughs> so, yeah, there's literally no shortage of things to bet on right now. I always just think of the Bales Trump bet when oh, I think of the political What a bets. goat bet. Yeah, just nuts, right? Uh, so the next game we got, Texans at Broncos, a pick 46-point total. We already have the revenge game. <laughs> for uh for dt going up against denver uh what do you think of the game though matt so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this back to you and try to pick your brain here a little bit on the coaching side of things like how big of a of an edge do the texans get from demarius thomas coming into their locker room and essentially giving them insight into the broncos like I- i've heard that narrative thrown a- around a little bit um and i just am not sure how big of a deal that that really is I mean, ultimately, you still have to have the dudes, right? Like, you got to be able to to play good enough to stop the other team. But, like, knowing what another team is going to do is is really, really important. I mean, I think that these teams watch, like, in the NFL, these guys watch so much film. Like, they have a pretty good idea, I think, of tendencies anyway. But, like, what a guy is going to bring from another locker room is just, like, stuff that you maybe won't see on the film or in the statistics. Like, you know, when, when we were on this play, like, you know, our right guard like takes a half step to his left and then, he, you know what I mean? Like, like little things like that may be picked up. So I would say small edge. I would say probably an overvalued edge um, just because I think these teams are getting really prepared. I mean, how many times do we see like the Patriots pick up a guy that the Jets cut? You know, <laughs> like it happens. It happens. Like, I think smart teams do it. Like, yeah. there's definitely there's definitely no risk to it. I think it definitely helps. Um, but I think it's unlikely that it's like the difference between like winning and losing a game. Okay. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on that. I mean, I, and I think like in particular, like Houston's defense is like already decent and the Broncos offense has been pretty terrible. So like it's, it's pretty easy to see a scenario where like Houston plays really well on defense. It's like a really low scoring game and everyone's like, Oh, see, like they're stopping Denver cause they have Mary's Thomas, but like really it's probably cause Denver stinks. Right. And like the big narrative example that everybody talks about is when the Bills cut or when the Bills signed Lawyer Malloy, you know, like after getting cut by the Patriots right before the start of the season, and then they shut them out in week one. But like, that's just one example. And I don't know how predictive that is moving forward. So just figured I would, uh, you know, pick the mind of a Allentown coaching legend here. Oh, yeah. Huge, huge ledge. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, unless there's like a play that like Denver's just been like sitting on all year and they're like, yo, like, like Philly special, you know, like they're going to run, they're going to run Philly special against you. You know what I mean? Like I just, it's just not likely. Like it just yeah. doesn't seem feasible. It's not like Denver's going to be like, it's like Denver's oblivious to the fact that one of their like key players just changed teams. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of how I felt too. Like, how much of what these teams do is like that secret at this point. So, uh, yeah, with that in mind, I think I like the Broncos here. I think we're getting a little bit of spread value. This line opened up at one and a half, got as high as two and a half in favor of the Broncos. And now it's sitting at a pick more than likely because of the trade. Um, I think that the Broncos are, are not as good as the Texans, but, on a neutral field, are the Texans three points better than the Broncos? 
I don't necessarily agree with that. So uh, I think that the line value here is with Denver, and I will side with them, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I mean, I think the big difference here in terms of the matchup is just uh, the pass rush for Denver. Like, if they get if they get the best out of Von Miller, like they start getting, you know, what they should be getting, I think, all year as a pass rush. I mean, Denver has been has been poor this year overall, but they've still been, you know, they're still third in adjusted sack rate on defense, according to Football Outsiders. So they're still really pressuring quarterbacks. And like Deshaun Watson, I feel like we've mentioned it the last like yeah. three weeks. Like the dude couldn't even fly, you know, a couple of weeks ago. He had to take the he'd take a bus or a car. I don't you know, I'm sure they gave him like limo or something, whatever. <laughs> but like he had to drive to the away game. Like he couldn't even get on a plane. Like that stuff that like like you're really you're really hurt if that's the case, you know? Um he's just been getting hit so much. And I think Denver's just gonna be in his hip pocket all night, kicking the crap out of him. Um <laughs> like that just seems very, very likely to me. So Really, really concerned with the Texans' ability to move the football. I know that they just added Demarius, but it's pretty hard, I think, to pick up a playbook as a receiver in less than a week and you know, get out there and play. I'm sure that Houston will run some plays for DT just to get him the ball, a couple screens, stuff like yeah. that. But it's really unlikely that he has the entire playbook. And meanwhile, you know, Houston has lost, who I would argue is maybe their most important receiver, not maybe their best receiver, but their most important receiver in Will Fuller for the season. So... Uh, really Poor big Will loss, Fuller, man. That yeah. guy is just paper mache. Yep, people finally started believing in him too. Um, so like I, I just think that it's too much to overcome, and I think Denver at home, all they have to do is win. I think they can get that done. Yep, and and I don't think it you would be that big of a stretch to say that the Broncos' offense is no worse after trading Thomas. No worse is exactly right. right. I think Cortland Sutton's good. Yeah, exactly. So. Let's go. All right, you've you've convinced me a little more about the Broncos here. Love it. Try, wait, I'm secretly still hoping to to hit the over on the. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> there's no, there's no, no shot, chance. Dude. No there's chance. No um, Chargers at Seahawks. Seattle surprisingly good this year. Uh, minus two at home. Forty eight point total. Matt, what do you got? You know who's not surprised? Russell Wilson. Yeah, you're not surprised. You're a big Russell guy. <laughs> no, honestly, I bet the under, or I took the under. I didn't actually bet it. But, you know, I, I tried to calm down your enthusiasm a little bit in the under, which I believe you said was like the easiest under of the year. No, that was that was the Raiders, but the, the Seattle <laughs> okay. was second. Okay. Seattle was second easiest. Um, Russell Wilson's just that dude. Like, he just is that good. And the fact that he's not more revered in the league is a tragedy to me. Um, but that said, I am honestly a little bit shocked that the Seahawks are favored here. You know, the Chargers are five and two. They're coming off of a bye and their only losses this year are against the Chiefs and Rams, who I'm pretty sure most people believe are the two best teams in the league. So with that in mind, I was also expecting the public to be all over the Chargers, but they've only gotten 49% of the tickets so far. You know, and obviously it's early in the week and, and things can change, but I'm I'm really honestly a little bit surprised at how much the public is believing in the Seahawks right now. Um, you know, we talk all the time about the Seahawks at home. Russell Wilson in particular is twenty nine, nineteen and two against the spread, but I just think the Chargers are the better team here in virtually every facet of the game. So I'm gonna take the Chargers, which maybe would surprise you a little bit here, Anthony, but uh, ultimately, I, I think that the spread on this game is, is probably close, 
So I think I'm, I think this is another stay away, but you know it wouldn't shock me if the Chargers won this game big either. I mean, you said it. Russell Wilson's the boy. Uh, definitely shouldn't have doubted him. Really more doubting the obviously the coaching staff and all that stuff. Right, the, the offensive line and the supp- <clears throat> the supporting cast was expected to be basically the worst in the NFL this year. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, I was wrong. You know, I'm willing to admit that. I'm, I'm okay with being wrong about a Russell Wilson led team. Uh, I. Don't really have a preferred side here, so I don't have an issue with you taking the Chargers as a road dog. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. But for me, I want to talk about the over because the total is only at 48, and I think that this is way too low. Uh, Seattle and the Chargers are both top 11 in uh, neutral pace, according to Football Outsiders. Interesting. Not a tremendous edge in terms of like the pass games uh, from like a DVOA perspective. But both Seattle and the Chargers are top five in explosive play rate this year, uh, passing a percent of passes to go for 20 or more yards. So we have two really explosive offenses playing in a game with, uh, I mean, Seattle's defense has been better than expected. I would say the Chargers defense is pretty bad without Bosa. Uh, So I think that there's really an opportunity for a lot of points here, especially with how many plays we'd expect. So I find 48 to be uh, very, very low. I mean, I think that this is going to get at least a 50. So uh, that's, the, that's the side that I like the most. That's super interesting. So the Seahawks play fast just to run the ball on, like, every play? Oh, uh, dude, their run rate is, like, incredibly <laughs> egregious. It's embarrassing. They're, like, over 60% on first down. Um, like, they are the most run-heavy team in football. Yeah, hashtag Schottenheimer. Yep. So we got that part right, at least. It just, I don't know. Chris Carson ended up being okay, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Rams at Saints. This is, I mean, this is the game of the week for me. I think oh, this yeah. is going to be a, a great football game. Uh, New Orleans is favored by one and a half at home. This did open as a pick I believe. So, uh, you know, a little movement towards the Saints. But they're the home team, so I think it's to, to be expected. 59 and a half point total. Uh, tons of Tons of scoring expected here, and I think rightfully so, Matt. What do you think? Yeah, two of the four best teams in the league. You know, I, I would probably say that the Rams the Rams are undoubtedly number one at this point. For sure. And then you've got the Chiefs, Patriots, and Saints in some order behind them. Um, so, yeah, should be a great game. Uh, I am going to side with the Rams here as an underdog. Uh, I'm surprised that this line came out with the Saints favored. I thought for sure that this would be a pick at best, but... I think that the Saints might actually have become a little bit overrated at home. Uh-oh. They're, they're 16, 18, and 1 against the spread in the Superdome since 2014. Um, and I just think that the Rams are just, they're just by far the best team in the league. They easily could have covered last week against the Packers. Um, you know, we'll leave the Todd Gurley rants for other people. I was obviously very happy to see him go down, and I do think that it was the correct football play. But I understand if you have him in fantasy or bet on the Rams and are upset. But, like, the Rams are just that good. Um, I can't pick against them two weeks in a row. I just don't have the heart to do it. They're also likely going to have Cooper Cup back in the lineup, which I think takes their offense to another level. You know, they were a little bit sluggish last week against the Packers. But having him back in there, I think, will we'll have them firing on all cylinders again. So uh, give me the Rams on the road in the Superdome. I'm going to take the Saints here. I mean, I, I don't have particularly strong conviction, 
Um, you know, I think coaching edge is obviously Rams. I think overall talent edge is probably Rams. But I think that I think that the Rams have been a little leaky on defense, especially since losing Aqib Talib. Yeah. Uh, I would even I mean I would be willing to say very leaky actually in the secondary. Um, like that part of it is worrisome to me. I mean, the Rams are 24th in DVOA against deep passes on the whole year. And uh, since week four, when they lost to Lieb, uh, the Rams have been giving up the third most yards per deep pass attempt in the NFL. So very susceptible to the deep ball without him. I think that that is like prime Traquan Smith uh, in the Ted Ginn role. Uh, And we know that Breeze has been just remarkably efficient Completing eighty percent, over eighty percent of his passes this year, which is oh just out, outrageous. I didn't yeah, it's, even it's, know that. That's unreal. Yeah, it's completely outrageous. He's just like the true goat. Like it's insane. Um, so like I just think that this is a really good matchup for him. Like I, I love that the Saints are just going to keep scoring points. We know that the Saints defense stinks as well. But uh, you would uh, you would be interested to know to note that. They have been the best team in the league, actually, against the run in terms of yards per carry, just 3.2 yards per carry. Uh, I know run defense does not correlate as much, nearly as much, to winning as pass defense does. But if they can at least slow Gurley down a little bit, uh, it does give them a chance to make the Rams a little more predictable on offense. And uh, that is obviously a plus if you are the Saints. So I'm going to take New Orleans here. Uh, but I do think that this is probably a stay away and a game that you just enjoy. Maybe even maybe even just take the over. I mean, friggin' I mean, at fifty nine and a half. Like I don't see like I don't see these teams stopping each other. Do you? I don't. I don't. You know. <laughs> no. I I mean I feel like the scoring has come down a little bit. You know, like it's it was very aggressively over in the first couple of weeks of the year. I do think that the books have somewhat adjusted. But yeah, I mean, both of these teams could put up thirty points in their sleep. And, and what you love about both of these teams is they exploit your biggest weakness on the defensive side. You know, yep. like the Saints won a game last week where Drew Brees threw for 120 yards and they put up 30 points in that game. Like they just um, find out what you do poorly and they attack it. So, you know, if you mentioned the Rams can't defend the deep pass, it would not shock me if they go with an aerial assault. But on the other hand, the Sa- the Rams do the same exact thing. You know, right. they can they can pound Todd Gurley or they can have Jared Goff run the show. So, yeah, I, I agree. Like, uh, maybe the total is the play here. But for sure, I'm, I'm excited to just watch this game as a football fan because I think it's going to be fun. Uh, I hope it lives up to the billing. Yeah, Packers. I mean, on the surface, it's a great day of football, right? You got this, the, uh, the big NFC North showdown with the Ravens and the Steelers. You got the Rams and the Saints. And then you got the Sunday night game. Like that's a that might yep. be the best Sunday of football all season. Yep. If only this game started four hours later, then Breeze would be an absolute lock. Yeah. You know, Hundred and one and zero against the spread at home in practice. Exactly. <laughs> Darn NFL schedule. Just flex them in. Um, <laughs> Packers at Patriots. Uh, Pats minus five and a half at home. You know, Packers just fell just shy of beating the Rams last week. Would have been a huge win. Now they go on the road to New England. 56 and a half point total. I mean, I think you can argue that the Packers season is kind of on the line here, even at three, three and one. Uh, there is a lot. There's a lot riding on this game. I mean, their schedule doesn't get any easier. They need to really start winning some games here if they want to make the playoffs. Yep. What do you think? Of the, what do you think of the spot? 
Yeah, it's it, it, it's a great what if, right? Like if Ty Montgomery doesn't fumble that ball, how confident do you feel that, that Rodgers is going to get them the three that they need to win the game? Like I feel pretty good about it. Like he's sure. made his whole career doing that. So, you know, if, if Montgomery doesn't fumble, then that whole Todd Gurley situation becomes irrelevant. And that's probably why they shipped him out of town. Um, although I still don't understand that trade. Like, I don't know why the Ravens felt like they wanted him, but, uh, that's, that's another, uh, issue. So I'm going back to the Aaron Rodgers underdog well here. Like, that shouldn't be surprising to you, Amico. The Patriots have won five in a row. They've been really good. But have they been as impressive as their record? I'm not sure they have. You know, we already mentioned they probably shouldn't have covered last week versus the Bills, but they got that pick six. You know, they probably shouldn't have covered versus the Bears, but they got a special teams touchdown. And they easily could have lost that game versus the Chiefs. Like, I already said that if that game had a fifth quarter, the Chiefs would have ended up winning by 10 because Mahomes was just obliterating them every time he threw the ball in the second half. So uh, the Packers D looked much better versus the Rams than they had, uh, you know, for the majority of the season. And I think that bodes well for the Patriots who, you know, struggled offensively. And it was definitely a spot. I, I brought it up on last week's show where I thought it was a look ahead spot. But, you know, I think that their running back situation hurts them for sure. Like James White, as much as I love that dude, might be the worst physical runner of the football in the NFL. <laughs> to the point where they gave Cordaro Patterson a bunch of touches in the back. Which I which I love, by the way. Yeah, I loved it too, but like it still wasn't that successful. So sure. if they're going to be extremely one-dimensional, and I mean, there's obviously a chance Sony Michelle plays. Like He practiced towards the end of last week, even though he thought everybody was out for multiple or everybody thought he was out for multiple weeks but if they're going to be that one dimensional i think rogers can keep this game close enough to cover well this is going to shock you matt <laughs> but uh i am going to take the other side i mean yeah. this is a re- it's a really tough game to bet because i think we have a lot of really strong trends in either direction yep uh i am leaning towards Pat always pa- yeah hashtag <laughs> always pats um and i you know again like i don't I'm the, I think Green Bay, we've talked about this a couple times this year, but I think the Packers are just in a demoralized spot right now. Like They came so close to a big win. I think that that would have been a real statement win for them, really impacted them and you know pushed them on the rest of the year. But to come so close and then lose and then you know trade a couple guys, trade yeah. your starting safety, trade you know trade Montgomery, I'm sure it was fine, but like trade your starting safety. Uh, right. I'm just not sure it sends the best message, and I'm not sure that the Packers mentally are going to be there to compete in this game. I still think defensively they have a lot of holes. We know that the Patriots can exploit those holes. Um, and for what people, I think, have thought to be a bad Patriots defense, I actually think that they have been pretty good against the pass. And uh, I still don't really trust the Packers to run the ball that well. I mean, I listen, Aaron Jones, I think, Great looked really good back. last week. Yeah, looked really good last week. I love the dude. Um, but I just don't think that this is like, like the Patriots will welcome you running the ball on them because they know it's hard to score as a running offense. So, uh, I'm going Pats. Yeah. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I don't think any running back over the past two seasons has averaged more yards per carry than Aaron Jones. So uh, I'm all for giving him the rock, uh, at the expense of Jamal Williams, who is, you know, just brutally bad. 
I, I don't it's know. Very, what's, very average. I don't very, know what's very, taken the, the Packers this long to make that transition. And while I do agree with the haha Clinton Dix thing, like that was a, a bad trade for, you know, winning at this season. You know, Aaron Rodgers ain't waving no damn white flag. No, 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 definitely not. I need him to come out and just give me a relax. If he comes out and says relax before this game, I will be on the Packers for a hundred units. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the whole hundred unit bet <laughs> against the Patriots. <laughs> Love it. You know, sometimes, Sorry. sometimes you got to nut up, Amico. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, Titans at Cowboys Monday night snoozer. Uh, Dallas six and a half point home favorites. Total is set at forty one. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I like the Titans quite a bit. Um, the the opening line on this game was Dallas minus four. Neither team played last week, and now it's Cowboys minus six and a half. So what changed, right? Well, the Cowboys traded and brought in Amari Cooper, which I I do think is a great addition for them in the long term. But is he worth two and a half points of spread value? In literally his first game as a Cowboy, I have a hard time getting behind that. And, like, you're not going to find two guys who like Amari Cooper as much as me and Amico do. Like, it's hard. It's hard. To, that's that's almost impossible. Like, Amico might be the biggest Cooper fanboy on the planet, and I'm not that far behind him. So I just think that we're getting too much line value right now with the Titans, who, you know, are not a great football team, but we know that they keep games close right? They keep games ugly. They, they hang around in games. And I think getting a touchdown with them against the Cowboys team that I don't think is particularly good, I think is a nice bet. Yeah. I mean, both of these teams play really slow. This was the featured game for my, uh, piece this week on action network, really just talking about Sean Lee. You know, we've talked on this show about his presence and what it does. Um, just tremendous impact. I mean, Dallas is a legit top three defense, when Sean Lee is healthy, the Titans have been one of the worst offenses in all of football. Um, you know, just five and a half net yards per pass attempt. Um, not a tremendous ability to run the football. And they've played out of these big sets. Like, I think we we kind of expected Matt LaFleur to come in and kind of spread the offense out. And, you know, be it because of the personnel or, you know, uh, Vrabel's kind of like input on the offense, whatever the reason is. Uh, they continue to play in these two and three tight end sets. Only the Eagles play in more uh, multiple tight end sets than Titans. And uh, that's, you know, resulted in a lot of rushing. So I think six and a half is too big. I mean, when the line opened at four, I loved it. Six and a half, I think, is too much now. But I do still think that, like, Titans team total under is a decent bet, under 17.25. Um, I think that's a good bet. Uh, I don't think the Titans are going to be able to score. I think this game's going to go low. Uh, I still like Dallas. I mean, it's possible, I guess, that that we don't hit the overall under, even if we hit Titans under. But I just don't think the Titans are going to score in this game. Yeah, and we talked before the season started about, like, like multiple tight end sets is a good thing. But the key is you have to be able to throw out of them. Yeah, you got to be multiple. Right. You want to be deceptive. Like, you want to get the big personnel on the field so that the defense has to counter with their big personnel and then throw out of it. And the Titans have not been able to do that. I mean, Jonu Smith plays like 90-plus percent of the snaps every single week, and I think the guy has like four catches on the year. 
Like it's embarrassing how how in often they throw to the tight ends. You know, especially since Johnny Smith profiles to be a pretty good player. So yeah, I don't know what needs to happen with this offense. Like on the surface, it has everything it should need to be a productive unit, but it just hasn't been. Yeah, I mean Titans sixty six percent run out of multiple tight end sets this year. Not gonna uh, only do their, it. Only the Rams and Seahawks have higher overall run rates than the Titans, who are at forty seven percent. Uh and the Titans run the most on first down this year at sixty three percent. Right. So and the beautiful thing about the Rams is they run out of small sets, you know, with three receivers on the field. Yep. So that the defense has to have their their nickel package in, basically. So like you always just want to do the opposite of what you're showing you're going to do. Like that's just become football like 101 essentially, but apparently somebody needs to tell Matt LaFleur. Yep, totally agree. Uh we got that one wrong from a coaching standpoint. At least I did. I, I don't know if you really had an opinion. I was bullish. I was like, you know, I was bullish on all of these teams in the in that division just because of the the schedule that they were playing. Sure. That still, by the way, has played out a little bit. I mean, Titans' record is better than it should be, probably. Right, as as is Houston, who's won five games in a row somehow. Yep, exactly right. So let's get to the uh, book it my bookie picks of the week, Matt. You went two and three last week. You still sit twenty seventeen and three overall. Uh, I am nipping at your heels after going three and two. I am seventeen twenty one and two overall. Yeah, I'm just hanging around. Uh, not the greatest week for me. I had two games that I picked that were just clear losses with the Browns and with the Detroit Lions. Um, I was just way off on those. Like, there was no excuse. I went two and one on the other picks. But, you know, if I keep getting t- two games wrong that badly in my five pack, it's going to be hard for me to put you away in this competition. Uh, I feel I feel pretty good about this week, though. Um, I like the Jets plus three. I like the Redskins laying one and a half at home. Uh, I like the Bucks getting six and a half. I like the Browns again getting eight and a half. That might be the one where I'm, you know, what's the definition of insanity? Like doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Correct. Like that, that, <laughs> that might have to be chalked up as my Browns insanity at this point. And I'm going to take the Titans plus six and a half against the Cowboys. All right, well, I'm torn here. I mean, I'm with you on skins, minus one and a half. I like Denver as a pick at home. I like the NF- the AFC North-Pittsburgh-Baltimore game over 47 and a half. I like Chargers and Seattle over 48. Uh, so it really just becomes a matter of how gluttonous I want to be here with the overs. Um, and I think I'm going to I think I'm gonna go Rams-Saints over, 59 and a half. Uh, obviously, huge total. Don't love that, but... Just two really bad defenses and two really good offenses. I think that this is a this is a square bet, but I think it's one that uh, is correct. So there you go. Yeah, I mean you've had good success picking the over on those big totals this year, so I don't blame you for going back to the well, you know. And and like you said, it will be a popular bet bet in Vegas, but you know at least it's not the night game. Like if it got flexed to the night game, then it would be really popular, but. At least there are a few other games on the 4 o'clock slate to distract people. For sure. And I, I think the betting right now has been actually pretty even on total. I think like there's just something about like 59 and a half, 60, where people are like, eh, maybe not, you know? Right, because basically so. you in your head, you're like, all right, both teams have to score 30 points. Yep. Which, you know, is not easy to do in the NFL. I mean, these two teams can certainly do it. But 
And and yeah, like you said, 54% on the over right now. I do expect that to increase as the week goes on and more uh, square money comes in. But yeah, for sure, like there might be some sharp activity on the under if this thing starts going in the other direction. So you're right. The books can set it up so that they have two-way action on this total. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points brought to you by my bookie. Please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And get that deposit bonus on my bookie for using promo code ROTOVIZ. For Matt LaMarca, I'm Anthony Miko. May the odds be ever in your favor. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Factory.